0: welcome to the show tonight uh a a friday night show a few people are here some trickling in uh brandon denise scotter here how you guys doing uh tonight i've got a video that i'm gonna be doing something a little bit different in coming up in the future and uh, i don't know about a schedule yet i haven't quite figured that out but i will probably eventually get there but what i'm gonna do is whenever i record a video I'm gonna go ahead and play it here, do a live stream, and play it before I publish the video. I've done this a couple of times where I've played a video during the live stream, but that's usually after it's published. What's going on, Tiger? Uh, that's usually after it. Uh, keep growing with Mara. How you doing? but at any rate that's usually after it's published so what i'm going to do is sort of premiere the video that i've been working on during the week and then and then i'll publish that tomorrow i've also got an older one that a lot of you may have seen with the supplies that i keep in my truck and the reason i want to play this older video is because I'm working on a new one that is going to replace this one because everything, a a, a lot of stuff, probably 80% of the things that I had in my truck during this video are changed out or no longer there. So I'm going to be doing an updated video with what's in my truck. And I wanted to play that video, the older video tonight, for those of you that haven't seen it. Utah Mike, what's going on? Uh, uh, I lost my train of thought reading the comments here. Uh, but uh, also one more thing as well if I've got two different YouTube channels now and I don't talk about it much because I I wasn't sure where it was going to go but I've got the bug out location YouTube channel and the survivalist prepper YouTube channel the bug out location channel is where I'm going to be doing a lot of my stuff so if you are watching this on survivalist prepper and they're all going to go to rumble as well but if you are watching this on Survivalist Prepper, eventually YouTube has bashed that channel so much that it's not even worth uh, doing much over there anymore. So eventually this live stream for the next few weeks is going to be on both channels, but eventually it's going to be on Survivalist Prepper uh, and also our out uh, location. And also for the the chat, it makes it a little bit easier when everybody's in one spot rather than a couple different channels. Now I do stream this to YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble, but uh, and I get all the comments here on this screen that I can see what everyone's saying, regardless whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. But that is the plans for the future. The bug out location YouTube channel is going to be the main the main YouTube channel uh, moving forward and Survivalist Prepper is just going to sort of be in the background because YouTube hates Survivalist Prepper basically. So uh, at any rate, what I want to do is I want to play this first video that I just did and it's coming out tomorrow. And this is 12 of the most important prepping supplies or survival supplies. And to do 12 different areas of preparedness in in one video I really had to whittle this down and this is this was the main reason that I wanted to do this live stream because I want to talk about some of these in a little bit more detail Uh, but if you have 12 of them it's hard to go into much detail maybe in the future or maybe at the bugoutlocation.net, I will do 12 individual videos that go over each of these supplies but these really are the important ones for just about any sort of disaster situation emergency situation that you can think about if you are just like I say in this video if you're just starting out or you're fairly new at this these are the the areas that you should focus on first and if you've been doing this for a while uh, just make sure that you know you've got these checked off your your checklist here but uh, with that uh, after I play this I'll get any comments that I get if anybody's got any questions, and then we'll go into a little bit more detail about each of these, and then we'll play that uh, the supplies that I keep in my truck video. But let's go ahead and play, see if I can pull this up, play this video here first. When it comes to preparedness and surviving any sort of disaster, there is really no end to all the different supplies that we can have. And on top of that, you've got these survival companies that make these new, new and improved trinkets and gadgets. These things that will, quote unquote, save your life in an SHTF situation. And the truth is, nothing beats a good old fashioned prepping supplies. Get a ferro rod, a Bic lighter, and a little bit of skill. That is going to take you a lot further than some of these trinkets and gadgets, and they're going to be more reliable. In this video, I'm gonna skip all the designer tools and all these gadgets and get down to the fundamental prepping supplies that you will need. Also, I'm going to skip the supplies that are specific to certain disasters. As preppers, we, we think about the large scale events that are possible, but a lot of the times, a lot of people anyway, forget about the things that are more likely to happen. If you think about disasters in a scale of their severity, The more severe the disaster, the less likely it is to happen. So I'm not going to be talking about supplies you would need for an EMP or supplies you would need to survive a nuclear blast. Those are pretty individualized and you will need to look into those if that is the case. This is more about the supplies you will need to survive any disaster scenario that you can think of from a personal doomsday, a job loss, up to natural disasters and things that will last from you know just a a couple days to a couple months so with that the first one i have on this list and these aren't necessarily in order but this is a fixed blade knife and in my opinion and quite a few others as well in the preparedness community a good fixed blade knife is the second most important survival tool that you can have and this is because you can make just about anything you need with a good full tang knife and some skill now this doesn't mean you need the most expensive knife either you just need a good knife i have a rat 5 from the ontario knife company which the ontario knife company is a spin off of essie and this knife was just over $100. It's got good blade steel, it's a full tang knife, and it's a high quality knife at a reasonable price. Again, this is totally up to you. I do have an article over at Survivalist Prepper that talks about picking a good fixed blade knife, and I'll make sure and leave that link in the description below. Like I said, a fixed blade knife is the second most important tool that you will have in your preparedness supplies. And later on, I will go over the most important tool, in my opinion, that you can have. So next we have water filters and water purification. Having a water filter and the ability to clean drinking water could be one of the most important supplies and skills that you have in any sort of SHTF or survival situation along with the filters it's also important to have other ways to purify water that you might come across in a disaster situation some of these water purification techniques preppers like to use include using bleach you've got pool shock you've got water purification tablets boiling a lot of different things that you can do i recently did a video on 10 ways to purify water if you want to take a look and go a little bit more in depth with this now keep in mind all these water filters and water purification tablets have their pluses and minuses and they're not all created equal picking the right water filter is really important some of these are what you call high country water filters which will get the giardia and cryptosporidium out some of these are low country water filters which are a little bit more expensive the berkey's the the filters that will get the chemicals the heavy metals the things that you might find in an urban setting so make sure you're paying attention and you understand what your water filter will do It's great to have these Sawyer Minis or the live straws, but if you are in an urban area, that may not be the best water filter for your situation. So they're low cost enough that you can go ahead and purchase one or two, but make sure you're thinking about the higher quality ones too, if that's what you need. All right, so let's move on to the next one, which is fire starting supplies now this is one when when i pose this question to the group one that gets mentioned quite a bit anytime you see whether you're on social media or in forums or wherever you are going to see quite a few people talking about fire starting supplies and for good reason when it comes to fire starting supplies there are there are hundreds of different ways to get a fire started and hundreds of different things that you need to know and understand to make this process as easy as possible. Some of the fire starting ideas are, you know, starting from the, the very basic and the best option, which is a Bic lighter. You've got Vaseline soaked cotton balls, you've got char cloth, you've got ferro rods, just a, a number of different ideas and a number of different things that you can do to learn about fire starting. And staying warm is critical, whether you're talking about an outdoor situation or even your home. Now inside, there are other tools and supplies you can use that don't require starting a fire, but if you have a fireplace or a wood burning stove, you're gonna need to understand how to get those lit as easily as possible. And the great thing about some of these supplies is you can practice right at home. You can practice in your backyard using some of these different techniques and find the one that works best for you. So now we come to first aid supplies and medications. First aid kits and supplies are an important part of everyday life, as well as being important for preparedness. In many survival situations, medical help might not be available, and we are going to be on our own. Also include things like painkillers and over-the-counter medications. These can help with diarrhea, fever, nausea, and also help with some other common issues. So research a little bit and think about some of the -the over-the-counter medications that might be useful in a shorter term disaster situation or a longer term disaster situation. Now the force multiplying skills when it comes to first aid is understand what makes up a good first aid kit. Don't just go out and buy a pre-made kit, actually put one together yourself and get an understanding of what you might need. Watch videos, take first aid classes, understand the different supplies that you'll need and the situations that those will be useful in again learn about bandages and wound dressings and how to use all the supplies that you have so first aid is one of those regardless whether you're talking about preparedness or not just something really important to know and understand next we have self-defense and survival tools now when it comes to these survival tools and self-defense Everyone is different. What you are comfortable using really depends on your situation, your physical ability to defend yourself, and what tools you are comfortable using. Some people do not like guns, and I completely understand that, although I think that is probably the best self-defense tool that you can have. I also think it's important not just to have one sort of self defense weapon, and that could be yourself as well, but multiple different ways. So, different types of knives, different, even a bat laying by, sitting by the front door just in case, pepper spray, bear spray, things like that, that will give you multiple different options depending on the situation. Not all of these survival situations where you will you may have to defend yourself requires a firearm. So have the other options available as well. And an important aspect of any self-defense weapon, whether you're talking about yourself or some sort of tool, is the ability to be effective with that tool, whether that's yourself, a knife, or a firearm. Make sure and practice and don't overestimate your abilities and something that you know should be talked about quite a bit when you're talking about self-defense is avoiding conflict in the first place so learning and understanding how to read people how to avoid confrontations what you should do and when it's advisable to walk away and when that situation comes to the point where you need to actually defend yourself so that is something avoiding conflict is probably going to be your best option in an SHTF situation. Although sometimes that just isn't feasible and it isn't possible. So the next one here, if you've been into preparedness for any amount of time is another one just like fire starting that you're going to hear quite a bit about and that is cordage and wire this is one of those key survival tools you won't miss until you actually need it and there are a number of situations where cordage and wire will be useful whether you're talking about a bug in or bug out situation or you are at home trying to defend your property now cordage and wire may not in itself be a life-saving survival tool in conjunction with other supplies it very well could be It can be used for fishing and trapping, just so many other things, things that you won't even really think about until that time comes when you need to use it. Learning about building survival shelters and field expedient water filters, learning about camp perimeter security, and this camp perimeter could be your home, tripwires, and things like that. Like I've said a couple times, there are just so many different things that, that cordage is going to be useful for. So as you learn about these, you'll gain a, a bigger understanding about why cordage is so important. So next we move on to everyday carry items and everyone chooses to have different EDC or everyday carry tools, depending on their, their personal situation. But the core tools are very similar at the very least i think everyone should have a flashlight a pocket knife a bic lighter a little bit of extra cash and a multi-tool in your pockets or in your purse if you're a lady and that i think is the bare minimum and then you build that out depending on your personal situation where you travel to on a daily basis the situations you might run into i choose not to carry a multi-tool on my belt some people do i think a multi-tool is very important to have somewhere around you whether that's a bug out bag in your vehicle but i don't necessarily carry one on my person but some people do so it really depends on you and your situation i also have an article over at survivalsprepper.net titled edc from head to toe goes into much more detail about this and i'll leave that in the description below The next one I have on the list is footwear and socks. And while in the preparedness community, this is pretty much understood, a lot of people sort of take this for granted, especially if you're just getting started in preparedness because there are just a 100,000 different things you have to think about and taking care of your feet doesn't rank that high on the list. But regardless (coughs) whether, whether you're talking about bugging out or you're just working around the home, if you can't walk or move, Your preparedness plans are shot. So your feet are your engine. Your feet are what is going to make the difference between you getting something done and you not getting anything done. Keeping your feet dry, warm and healthy is an absolute must in a survival situation. While for most of us, bugging out is sort of a last resort, we don't get to pick when disaster strikes. So if we are at work or we are at school, Getting home is a very real possibility. So making sure that you have the right shoes, quality shoes, and comfortable shoes along with your socks is going to be paramount in a situation like that. Next, we have survival guides and resources, because let's face it, we can't remember everything. So having some prepping and survival resources available will help us if we can't remember how to tie a knot or apply a bandage or a lot of these different things that might come up in a disaster situation. Now, it's not only important to have these survival supplies, whether they are physical copies or something you've printed out or even on your cell phone or a a hard drive, but it's important to read them beforehand as well. That way you, you can reference them in a situation where something like tying a knot or putting a hook on a fishing line, where that comes important, you'll know which book to go to and it will help you in other areas of preparedness as well and these guides don't necessarily have to be books that you buy on amazon either you can create your own binder with preparedness and survival resources like if you find a great website a great article you print that off throw that in a binder and there are also a bunch of great survival guides on the internet as well so you can throw those in a binder throw those on a flash drive although if you do keep the digital copy you're going to need to have a way to access that in a situation where the grid might be down. All right, so moving on to the last couple that we've got here, and this one is cash on hand. While there are some scenarios where cash is basically going to be useless, in most situations, it will have some value, especially in the beginning of some sort of event or smaller scale events, whether you're talking about a natural disaster or the beginning stages of a grid down event. Cash will have value initially. Now, the amount of cash that you carry on hand is really up to you, but I suggest make sure it's in smaller bills because when you need to go buy something and all you have is a $100 bill, you'll either end up overpaying for something Or you'll end up buying a whole bunch of other stuff that you really don't need. So smaller denominations is important. If you are bartering, trading, buying, whatever it is, if you have ones, fives, tens, and maybe even twenties, you're going to be better off than having a couple hundred dollar bills in your pocket. Now, like I said, it's up to you how much you have on hand. I personally like to have at least $50 in my wallet in smaller bills just in case. This could be something where there's just a power outage in your city for a few hours and you need to fill up the gas tank or you need to buy a little bit from the grocery store on your way home. And it could be something that's much larger scale. So I think these days we don't carry much, if any, cash in our wallets, a lot of people anyway, and I think it's important to just have a little bit just in case. Now, the final one here, which is also the most important one, like I talked about with the fixed blade knife being the second most important tool, and that is your brain and mindset without a doubt, this is the most essential survival tool and is more important than any supply on this list. The survival tool you have sitting on your shoulder is going to get you through far more situations than a survival knife or a multi-tool or a ferrule rod. It's going to be the determining factor in a lot of these situations. How you navigate different scenarios and how successful you are given any sort of disaster situation. And while your brain and the head on your shoulders is important because this is where you're gonna store all that important information, all the different things you learn, it's also important because of the survival mindset. It's as simple as the will to survive. Call it grit, call it faith, call it downright stubbornness. That will to survive, that survival mindset, is going to get you much further in these disaster situations than having a well-stocked bug out bag or anything like that. That survival mindset is going to get you through situations that on paper look like you have no business surviving. But having that, that sheer will to survive and having all that knowledge and everything that we've talked about today to make the tools that you have even more important, I think that makes your brain, the melon sitting on your shoulders, the most important tool that you can have. So that's it for this list, everyone. It's sort of a long list that encompasses quite a bit. But like I said in the beginning, there are so many more areas of preparedness and different supplies and different things that we need to think about. This is not all encompassing. I do think, however, this is a great starting point and covers the fundamental preparedness supplies that you will need. If there is anything that I forgot on this or something that you want to add, make sure and leave a comment below. And like I said, I've got the links to some of the articles I talked about, and anything else relevant in this, I'll make sure and leave in the description below. But if you liked the video today, make sure and hit that like button, and make sure and hit the notification icon to get notified whenever we do live streams in the future. All right, so that was it—just the closing crap. Hit, my, hit the like button, which you know what you should do right now if you're uh, while you're watching the video. Hit the like button and subscribe if you're not subscribed yet, but like i said that for those of you that have been prepping for a while that is probably like going back to candy garden uh it it was it's really something that i when i first did the video it was probably about 30 40 minutes long maybe i should have taken a, a copy of that and put it over at the bug out location website but i had to whittle it down to make it actually watchable so there there are a lot of areas in there and there's a lot more detail that goes into each of those areas which i want to talk about a couple here uh, but uh, uh, Jammer had mentioned also when, and with the guides and resources over at the Bug Allocation Membership website, I do have a whole bunch of resources over there, uh, probably close to 100 and probably close to 100 more that I still need to put over there. So uh, it is a if you're just starting out in preparedness, you want to help support the show, uh, if, if you just want to kind of get more into this it's definitely a great place a great community when you join the bug out location you also get access to the online mag which is members.survivalistprepper.net which is a great group of people and just a fun group to be in but uh but yeah it's it's there's a lot more detail that goes into all this stuff if you guys Uh, I'm going to try to pay attention to the comments here. The one cool thing about watching the chat while the video is playing is I can actually pay attention to what everyone's (laughs) saying (laughs) on three different channels. So that's kind of cool. Now it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Uh, Prepper Prepper 1212 said, uh, oops, it jumped on me. Hopefully that's the right one. Nope. Uh, Archangel said, did you know that there are friends with with the Viet... Uh, Let me see if I can read this over here. If you know you are friends with Viet... Viet i can't read that i'm sorry archangel <laughs> my eyes are terrible and i don't have my glasses on me about uh, prepper 1212 said great video dale thank you appreciate that uh and like i said in the beginning i'm gonna start doing uh, a little bit more of videos like this and premiere them on a live stream and i'm going to try i can't say for sure but i'm going to try to do them once a week uh scrapper stackers see if i can read this one uh, thank you for the info. I like your emphasis on learning and practicing skills. Yeah, that is, that is the most important part. Uh, supplies can can last a long time but if skills are not practiced they can go quickly yes that is a a really really good point and i tried to emphasize that in there but again you got to cut everything down but that's what i was talking about and thank you for mentioning that because you just brought this you you made me remember this that's what i was talking about a couple times in there i talked about force multiplying skills and that is skills things you learn that makes those supplies that you have even more valuable i'm going to talk about some fixed blade knives a little bit here and it that's a perfect example because with a knife you can get a knife and everybody everyone knows the basics of what to do with a knife but if you have those skills like whittling or uh you know building doing things with that knife and you're you're skilled with using that knife that knife is going to be a lot more valuable to you than just going to the store uh, and picking up a knife because dale said you needed to have one or some other prepper said you needed to have one Uh, get Get those skills. First aid, another great example. You can have all the trauma supplies in the world, but if you don't know how to use a nasal pharyngeal airway or if you don't know how to apply a tourniquet properly, it's it's going to be it's a waste of money and a waste of time so skills and and shooting is another one skills are definitely uh important when it comes to all of these basics i just talked about and that is throughout your preparedness journey not just starting out that is getting better and better and better as you go along so uh, uh i appreciate that uh comment uh let me see I, my thing's dropping scrapper thank you for that comment i appreciate that Uh, all right so like i said if uh if anybody has anything if i can uh if i can as long as i make sure i can uh, i see the comment i will put them up and we'll go over it but if anything anybody has anything to add to all that stuff uh just leave a comment in there but uh, uh don't forget don't forget sulfur used to treat wounds before antibiotics and it works I've never. We don't have sulfur, so. <laughs> but I, 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 get how that would work. Thanks, James. Uh, but I wanted to. Uh, yes, Joe, absolutely, man. Uh, he said, "People, community," and that is something that uh, I didn't mention in there. But other people, you—if you are the lone wolf, like Joe said here, don't forget people. Uh, lone wolves don't survive. Yeah, if if you are. If that is you and you're trying to and you're preparing and you think you're going to last, you've got enough food and water for two years and all that, you know, I, I, I suppose it's possible. Anything's possible, but the odds are that food and water is going to be somebody else's in a matter of months. So you really do. It doesn't necessarily mean you need a prepper group, although that would be ideal. But you do need friends, neighbors, family members, those those people that can help support because you can't do everything. Uh, you can't go out and scout. You can't have, you know, be, have lookouts. You can't defend all areas of your property if you are, you know, that single person tried to protect everything. Unless you've got some, uh, you know, like the Doomsday Castle, that show from a long time ago, unless you got something like that and a hell of a perimeter defense and, you know, with AI and robots these days, who knows, maybe maybe that that will be your prepper community in the near future. <laughs> uh Denise said it here. I've never heard of this either. Uh silver mixed with lard will cure uh I can't see that word. Infatigo? I don't even know what infatigo is, Denise. <laughs> uh uh sulfur and lard yeah so oh, silver mixed with lard sulfur and lard okay uh but i want to go over <laughs> hey man sorry i skipped over your comment like i said just a minute ago uh i it, it's hard for me to go through all of these when i'm trying to do all this all at the same time so i apologize it is what it is though uh with the uh uh jammer well, okay i'll get to the knives in one second jammer had a good comment right here uh, Jemmer said, uh, "Do you have a plan to unite your neighborhood when the shit hits the fan?" And it, yes, and and it's sort of a a work, and and I think this is different for everybody too. I, I think it's sort of a work in progress, uh, and it's it's sort of just getting to know your neighbors it's feeling out you know if you i I don't i work from home so it's not so much employees or employers but feeling out the people you work with and figuring out who's going to be an asset kind of labeling everybody basically are they going to be an asset are they going to be hindrance or kind of figure that stuff out and that way when things when and if things do go down you've got a better idea you'll never have a great idea but you'll have a better idea about who who's going to help you and who is not with your neighbors, that I think is the most important part. Uh, Joe said, yeah, take over the neighborhood. Yeah, with neighbors, I think that's the whole, the most important part because they're right next to you regardless. If, if things go down, they're, they're there, whether you like it or not. You have people that may come to your door. You have people that may con- contact you, but your neighbors are going to be there. So getting to know them, and that doesn't mean you have to. I, I'm really not uh, the person that likes to go to barbecues and crap like that. But getting to know your neighbors a little bit and at least, uh, you know, offering your hand out and let them know that, hey, this guy's a good guy. He's not that recluse. And, you know, if things go down, uh, he's going to be somebody that I can at least talk to. And then you get an idea about that person. I've talked about Mr. Johnson a bunch of times on my podcast, uh, and he actually I don't. I don't think uh is around anymore unfortunately i I think i mentioned this a while back i much as i dislike the dude i never wish anything bad on somebody but he was one of those guys that lived right next door to me uh or yeah real close to me and was one of those people okay watch out for him if something happens so just get an idea uh, of your neighbors and get an idea of, of who might be helpful in a situation uh, like I said earlier, ideally that the prepper group is the way to go because you'll you get those really like minded people. But at the same time, uh, that can go haywire as well. If you get somebody that's in your prepper, prepper group that is not all in or they are at, at one point and six months later, they decide to abandon it. What happens when things do go down and that person knows more information about you than you would like them to know? So. Uh, it's all just a catch twenty two. It's that operational security, and at the same time, you can't you can't be that lone wolf. So you gotta you, you gotta pick your poison and, and balance, and, and do what you feel like is correct. So, impetigo, a highly contagious strain infection. Uh, see, this is I need Lisa, I need Lisa down here, Denise, because she probably is upstairs and she knows exactly what impetigo is. I'm gonna have to ask her after this show, uh, but uh josh said here uh petroleum jelly stops bleeding. just a few things my dad taught me uh from growing up on the farm yeah yeah absolutely uh okay so i'm gonna get to a couple of these knives here again if you have any comments and all that uh you know uh sorry reading trying to read comments uh if you have anything else you want to elaborate on with the all the different areas i talked about but i wanted to bring up one thing though because i talked about fixed blade knives and this isn't one that you know this isn't you know something that you've got to have the biggest fanciest knife in the world but i wanted to talk about i've got a couple examples here this is the one i mentioned my rat five knife which is a, a really cool knife. I like this knife a lot and I've, I haven't i have used it a whole lot, but I have used it. I need to use it more. Maybe I need to buy another one and then use it more, but this is a, a good example of a full tang knife. This is one piece of steel that goes all the way through the knife. This is really important. Uh, the blade quality, the steel quality is important as well, but this is really important because if you're, if you're using this a lot and doing a lot with this knife, you want to make sure that's not going to break a good example of a piece of junk (laughs) and this one i got from my one of my kids when they were too young to know any better but this knife right here this rambo knife looks all big and bad and it's it's not now there are some k bar makes uh i i think i can't remember who it was somebody just posted in the group they got a k bar which looks pretty cool and it's sort of like this type of knife the rambo knife but if you see if you look on here this knife has got a uh, probably a, a screw or a, a allen allen wrench head that it doesn't have a full tank so it basically goes right here and the rest of this is just where you you can put uh i don't think i have anything in here now where you can put uh, a compass or it's got a or it had a compass on it fishing line things like that cool little idea but this knife i wouldn't trust for crap and this is a pretty cheap knife so cheap knife so the steel is probably terrible too the only reason really i still have this is because one of my kids gave it to me and it <laughs> and it, i just can't i can't get rid of it uh and then a, a in between sort of knife and they've also got uh i can't remember what they're called really cheap knives really good knives if anybody knows what i'm talking about in the chat let me know but Uh, I bought this knife a long time ago just because it looked cool and it had a little ferrule rod right here, which it doesn't have anymore. Uh, But this one is hard to tell. Uh, K-Bar is another standard Marine Corps issue, Archangel said, yeah, K-Bars are good knives. Uh, And I think, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here, Archangel, but most knives, I'll get back to this in a second. Most knives, just like any sort of product, will have high-end knives. Uh, whether you're talking about Spyderco, Kershaw, uh, uh, the uh, what is the Bear girls one? I'm dro- a Gerber. Uh, they're all going to have those high-end models and then the low-end models. So you just have to make sure you know what you're. Uh, look at the blade steel. Like I said, I've got the link in the description below about the uh, the picking a survival knife, and it goes through all that stuff. But I wanted to mention one thing with this, the the full tang aspect of this, this one, you can't really tell. And I don't know if this one is either. Like I said, I bought this, I think it was like 45 bucks or something uh, a long time ago. And it's a, a stat gear. I don't even know if they sell them anymore, but you can't really tell if this is full tang or not because of the, the handle right here. It does have the, the butt right here, the, the glass breaker, right there but i don't know if that is you know the piece that's you know maybe right here or if that goes all the way through so just make sure that's the most important part about a knife is to make sure you have that that full tang um so what else do we what else do we want to go over on this we talked about uh, oh i know i have a question for everyone Uh, i mentioned in there that i don't carry a multi-tool on my belt and i've talked about this a couple times before uh and i know uh you know the the females in the chat may probably not but you guys in the chat do you guys actually carry a multi-tool i've got one in my truck but i don't actually carry one on me i don't put it on my belt i don't wear a belt often enough uh, to be able to do that now in my pocket i do have a knife a flashlight a lighter uh, and uh yeah, knife flashlight, lighter, and the money and all that stuff, but uh, not a, not a, uh, sorry, multi-tool. Uh, Got to go to dinner time, Joe said. All right, Joe, see you later. Uh, Kentucky Goatman, what's going on? He said, I don't carry one. Yeah, I just don't, I mean, I think they're they're great tools to have, and they are cool. And Mandy, what's going on, Mandy's in the chat. She said, I have one of those uh, m- m- credit card multi-tool things. Now, like I said in, that, in, the, in the chat or in the, the video earlier, those, some of those are decent. Some of those are pure junk, but some of those are pretty decent. That little multi-tool, I've got a few of those too. I used to give those out. That might even be where you got that, Mandy, but uh, those little multi-tools could be useful. The credit card knives i think are a little bit more useful because they can you can actually put that in your wallet and in a dire emergency you've got that credit card knife that you can open up i i I would look right there but i'll spend 20 minutes trying to find it Uh, but i've got a few of those as well uh scrapper uh yeah leatherman waves are awesome he says i carry my leatherman wave in my pocket every day and i use it for work all the time see that's that's what uh that's what my thing is i would carry it all the time i'm just not sure i would use it because i have so much stuff in my truck and i work from home so there's not i don't do a whole lot of traveling anyway so everything is is sort of right here so but it but like i said with in the edc section of that video it's really up to you it you need to tailor your stuff to your situation If you, if you do travel a lot, then maybe something like that is more important than for somebody like me that doesn't, or depending on where you work, maybe that is super important. And if you work in an office, maybe having a multi-tool, not all that important. So, uh, Denise said here, she, (laughs) I carried a credit card knife on an airplane. Um, my son made me live with, uh, uh, leave it with him on the my son made me leave it with him on the flight back yeah and they actually let you like go through security and all that you damn terrorist denise <laughs> uh, now i forgot uh what i was gonna ta- what i was gonna go into earlier now that i went down that rabbit hole but uh, uh i was talking about uh knives flashlights edc uh, what does scott have to say here what's going on scott A custom knife maker in the house. How do I have a cut? Scott said, you know, you have a custom knife maker in the house. Uh, how do I have a, how do I, how do I not know that? (laughs) What do you mean by that? Scott, a custom knife maker. Uh, so, uh, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, you know what I want to do since we're at 40 minutes here. (laughs) Oh, Uh, what i want to do here let me see if i can pull this up uh i want to play this what i keep in my truck and this video shoot i don't even know how long ago that i made this video but it it was it probably six seven years ago shoot it's been a long time that's why i'm going to update this and i want to play this today just to show you what it was and that way when i when i uh when I upgrade well, update the video, then you can you can see the difference. But Jammer said, uh, "Jayhawk, what's going on? Uh, I made it to Japan with a three three and a half inch knife in my carry on in 2002. That's like the only weapon that's illegal or or legal, or is it even legal in Japan? I I I don't know what their laws are. Um, at any rate, what I want to do, and I'll jump back into the chat and and talk with you guys while I play this video. But this is." Uh, This isn't that long. I believe this is about 9, 10 minutes. Uh, But this is the stuff that I used to keep in my truck. And I'm going to, like I said, revamp this. So let me uh, me see if I can get this to the point so you don't have to watch the intro and all that crap. So uh, let's go ahead and play this. I recently had a couple questions about what I keep in my truck and how I do it. So I kind of wanted to show you what I do, and I especially wanted to show you these are the little plastic bins that I use, and you can't really see it, but they stick under the seats here and tuck away really nice. That way, if I've got the kids or something are coming with me, all this stuff is, is nice and put away. Now, this is the bare bones. Uh, depending on the situation, depending on who's coming with me or where I'm going, this, you know, it could be added to. I've got a big plastic tote that I use for some camping stuff in the winter time Uh, but this is like the stripped down version so I want to go through I'm not gonna go through a detailed everything I've got list but I want to go through a couple of these and show you what I've got so I'm gonna start on this side and then we'll turn the camera around and I'll show you the stuff over there but in this plastic bin and they go right under my seat nice and easy uh, I've got first of all I've got the bug out bag that goes with me everywhere Uh, and in this bin I'm gonna put it here so you can see it Uh, This is just tools. This is all the stuff I might need. So I've got my shovel, I've got a tire hole patch kit, I've got my wrenches, uh, I've got a a socket set right there, but I also have these wrenches because anybody who's worked on a car knows that sometimes that socket set just doesn't work. Uh, I've got a multimeter here, a couple flashlights, hammer, screwdrivers, Allen wrenches, all the stuff I might need in a situation. in any kind of situation on the road, whether it's a, you know, some sort of disaster situation or not. Uh, Next, I've got, let's see if I can close this. Also have my tire iron and stuff over here, Uh, but I've also got this first aid kit, and this first aid kit is not your typical, you know, average band-aids and over-the-counter medications and everything. This is more, for large-scale type injuries if something were to happen in an accident and i do have a regular first aid kit here which i bought this and then repackaged everything in it it's got the band-aids it's got the the ace wraps and all that Uh, and also a bug out bag first aid kit which has some of the basic stuff too Uh, but this one's got like the sam splint we've got an israeli bandage uh, a blanket another water filter some n95 masks and this this little trauma kit that was given to me by a friend in the apocalypse Facebook group, which has got um, a cat tourniquet and some some gauze rolls and all of that stuff. Uh, so a lot of this stuff is for the bigger injuries. I'm not worried too much about you know getting a headache. If I if I do, I've got these things right here uh, to take care of that stuff. I'll repackage this later. And then finally, the last one I've got here. Is this one, which is just the the other stuff, basically? I've got a tack bar food ration. I've got some Mountain House. I've got some the binoculars. I've got my Titan paracord. Some uh, some other rope down here. I've got some tie st- tie downs right there. Another N95 mask. My jumper cables, flashlight, gloves. You know all the different stuff, the miscellaneous stuff that that I might need. So uh, that's why I like these kind of bins is because they tuck tuck away nice and tightly i keep everything organized and i know where everything's supposed to go Uh, depending on your car your situation they make all sorts of different sizes of these so you could do figure out what works for you but i like these because it helps me keep everything nice and organized all right so now we'll move to this side and i'll show you what we've got Uh, i forgot to mention over there i've got a tarp uh, that's still in its package, and then a survival blanket, one of the really heavy duty ones, which is basically like a tarp, but it's also got the the silver inside that reflects or absorbs the light. Like I said, I've got my, my bug out bag here too. This also has a tarp in it, but it's a heavier duty Rothco type tarp. I wouldn't probably use that to try to make a shelter, it just wouldn't last, but I do have a tarp in here that, that would. Uh, like I said, this goes with me everywhere. All of this stuff goes with me everywhere. If I've got a, you know, all the kids are in my truck at once, the bug out bag takes a back seat to the, you know, to the back of the truck for a while until we get out and then put it back in here. But all of this stuff basically goes with me wherever we go and the kids gotta fit around it. But over here I've got a socket set. Uh, I've also got my headphones for uh, when I go to the range, but that's not a big deal. Uh, I've got a solar panel set, this is 24 watts this is too big to fit in my bug out bag i do have a goal zero in here uh, but this is nice for my ham radio stuff if i ever need to to charge stuff and i also have this portable station right here which is not the greatest in the world but it it's got jumper cables on it i don't know how well those would work i never tried it but it also has the ac and dc uh, adapters here and you go in here and you can plug stuff in 110 volts uh, it's got usb know all the 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 cool stuff on it so it's just good it always stays in here i've used it a couple times and never had to really seriously use it Uh, i've never have used the jumper cables though but anyway that's that's the kind of the bare bones of how i keep my truck kind of organized this thing right here is actually to protect my leather seats for my dog uh, because they have their giant claws but this could also be used as some sort of bedding too that's why i kind of like this so comes right up uh, but anyway that's how I have my truck set up uh, if you have any comments or any suggestions or um, or anything else just let me know uh, but anyway we'll talk to you next time under the seats here and tuck away. all right I got shut that off okay <laughs> uh, Scott was saying in the chat too and I'm curious what do what do other people what do you have in your truck there's also, nowadays, there's under my seat, I've got a small two-man tent, uh, a, a, a real small Coleman stove. It's nice. And, Scott, I'm wondering, do you have a an F-150 or an extended cab like that where you can sort of set it up the same way? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah, me too. Uh, my dog, he's on his last legs. I thought he was gone a couple weeks ago, and he's... Uh, He's pretty close, but he can't even, even the last couple of years, he couldn't even get into my truck unless I picked him up and 80 pounds just not happening. So yeah, sorry to hear about that, Scott, uh, but I, I know I, I'm I'm getting close to the same type of situation. Uh, Archangel had said something in the chat earlier. Let me see if I can pull this up here. I marked this as, uh, he said, can you talk about these big spray cans of bear spray and if they're still legal in the US? and i'll have to you know anyone in the chat as far as their legality uh let me know but i think i think they are and i think that uh you know bear spray is it's it's more potent i'm not a i'm not a huge i don't know all the details about pepper spray and bear spray and all that but i do believe uh i do (laughs) (laughs) in my truck jammer said here in my truck was i'm batman uh uh i i do believe though bear spray is more potent than your typical uh you know the, the other sprays so uh scott said here yes uh bear spray i have bear spray long range spray yeah uh, and that's another i think another benefit to that other than just regular pepper spray is the range and the amount that gets kicked out with that. So uh, yeah, very thank you for the comment and thank you for the clarification there, Scott. Uh, But uh, with the with the truck, like I said, I plan on doing something with that in the future. And I really that is sort of my my secondary storage for a lot of stuff because you just never know when things are going to happen. and, And it could be just a broken down vehicle it could be somebody else on the side of the road that's hurt or it could be an emp cme something like that and hopefully your car still starts at that point i'm not sure uh, my f-150 i i basically crossing my fingers i do have an emp shield in it but that is one of those two i've heard both sides with the emp shields as far as it's a glorified lightning. uh, uh lightning uh i forget what i'm trying to say here uh it's it's not going to work as far as for emps but i've also heard the other side of the argument and i've actually interviewed the owner of it when they have a military contract for whatever that's worth with the military but uh uh, but i do have one of those and it's it's the precaution that you that i can take so i decided to take it and if it doesn't work it doesn't work And, you know, maybe we just never know. It really depends if there's a CME or EMP, it really depends on the scale of that and how severe it is as well, as far as what damage it's gonna do. So, uh, but most other situations, I have all the bare essentials. It's sort of an extension of my bug out bag, basically. So I have my bug out bag in there and I've got all the other stuff in there. So depending on what happens and what the situation is, I can move around some pieces, take some pieces, take some pieces out, uh, do what I need to do. uh, And it gives me a little bit more flexibility. That's why I like to keep all that stuff in my truck. And it just makes me feel comfortable, makes me feel better knowing that uh, I've got a whole lot of stuff in there. Food, water, first aid supplies, tools, all that different type of stuff. Uh, Oh, uh, sorry, wrong. Uh, (laughs) great roadkill uh joseph what's going on man i said glocks make a virtually indestructible blade for a good price i need to look at that up i've never thought about uh, looking up glock for a knife that 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 would be kind of i'm gonna have to look at that up um but uh bat bat shite crazy said here i keep important papers etc and ammo in ammo cans various sizes they last forever too Yep. And that's another thing I really I didn't mention in that first video when I was talking about the important stuff. But uh, emergency documents and papers and things like that uh, are super important as well. If you've got a a house fire, you're going to want to be able to protect those in in a fireproof safe, waterproof safe. I, I know there's some that are actually fireproof and waterproof they are pretty expensive there are some that are water resistant so it's better than nothing i even have i keep a lot of my documents in a a folder which was a lot cheaper than a safe but it's a folder that that seals with velcro and it seals pretty well and it is more fireproof than it is waterproof i think just the folding flap on top means if if there's a flood here or something uh, I'm not holding my breath, but a fire, as long as the fire wasn't directly right there, uh, it would do pretty well. So uh, And Denise said too, yeah, like I said in that thing too, a couple copies of important papers on a thumb drive. when you have those, uh, you know, you're printing off your guides and things like that, I would definitely have those on a thumb drive as well. I did say in there you need to have a way to access those and it is fairly easy. Uh, to do something like that. you could have an old cell phone that's got uh, as long as it's got enough memory in it where you could access that. you have got old tablets where you could access that and those take up so little energy that you could get one of those little power packs, little battery banks that are like 20,000 milliamp hours or 10,000 milliamp hours and charge up a phone or a tablet enough to get access to those and and read those or get those important documents and things like that so You know, instead of throwing away your old cell phone or trading it in or whatever, uh, use it to store some of those documents. Get rid of all the apps that you can and uh, free up as much space as you can. And then you can use that to store documents. I think it's important also to have the physical documents. Lisa, I'm more of the digital guy and Lisa is more of the the physical documents uh, type of thing. But there are some that you, you just don't have a choice like birth certificates and insurance policies and things like that. Or where insurance policies—I'm sure you can get a—you a, know—a copy from your insurance company—but it's always good to have those important documents, those papers, and things like that as well. Uh, I think also, and this is one of those double-edged swords too, but pictures of yourself, your spouse, your children—all of that—having physical copies of those in case there is a search and rescue type situation maybe you and make make sure they're they're newer pictures make sure they're pictures that are recent but having those and being able to give that to somebody or make copies or something uh, that that could be super beneficial if you're in a if there's a situation where somebody is lost and you need to let somebody know who and what they're looking for so uh, but at the same time my prepper brain goes, you know, full full bore Mad Max, thinking that you know, if somebody is ransacking your house and took everything over, they're going to see pictures and things like that and know that it's not just you there. That you've got other family members or you know, a lot of a lot of different things. But I think it is important to have those those pictures of everyone. Uh, get, yeah, you know what? That's a great comment too. And and I do have that's part of my new and improved uh truck kit is get one of those 60 jump starters yeah i have uh lisa's got one in her car and i have one in my car uh actually i like mine actually i like hers i gave her the better one because i'm more concerned about her getting a flat than me but uh yeah they they work absolutely fantastic and also like i mentioned in that make sure you have that tire plug kit too something super simple and it's like 15 bucks if you have a flat tire and you don't have a spare um, your SOL. So, if you do have those jumper cables, mine is will inflate the tires as well. Uh, if you do have that in your truck and you do have those plugs and you get a flat tire, you can pump that right up and you'd be on your way to get wherever you need to go. So, uh, Archangel has been talking. I forgot to mention this earlier too. Uh, another good publication for military surplus is Bud K uh and and what archangel was talking about earlier was and and quite a few (laughs) different things but the Army Surplus is a great place to get a lot of really good stuff. I was talking about not buying pre-made first aid kits in the in the video I did. And he was talking about how the the Army Surplus has some really well-made kits. And that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my thing was, you know, if you're going on Amazon, don't get the kits with the, the little chintzy little band-aids and things like that, that it's just gonna be junk you're gonna have to throw away. But the Army Surplus store, and they are probably far and few between. I'm not even sure where. Or if one is here in Denver anywhere, I'm sure there are, but, uh, and actually that would be kind of a fun field trip just to go and uh, it'd be, you know, <laughs> like going to the amusement park, the prepper amusement park, uh, be fantastic. But Army Surplus is is fantastic. Yeah, you want to get stuff that is, you know, it's not the made in China crap you're going to get on Amazon. It may, some of it may be the the older stuff and things like that, but it's going to be, it's going to be quality made stuff. Yeah. So very good point. Thanks, Archangel. Uh, a couple more comments, and then when I think I'm gonna get out of here, what do you have to say here, Denise? Uh, I sort of learned that you don't need to put 80 pounds of air in truck tires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that uh, that sounds a little bit dangerous. Uh, I think I, I think mine are like 36, so you' you're like double filling them there. Uh, but even if you're you know say because this i don't know how long or how many tires i would be able to fill up with my little uh air compressor and and jumper i'm thinking on my truck probably one and a half tires maybe so not a lot but it'll it'll work for one tire but it doesn't necessarily have to be full uh, all the way maxed out even if you're just off the rim a little bit and you just need to get a couple miles that's going to be better than nothing so uh uh, Jammer said, "Oh, I keep skipping on me when I'm trying to." Yeah, Jammer said, "Hard to find army surplus nowadays. It's hard to find anything nowadays that isn't online. And, and 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 when you go online, it's hard to find what is the quality and what is not quality because everybody's selling one version or another of every little thing in the world, and that's the uh, the thing that." that i that bugs me about the trinkets and gadgets as well is because you just you just don't know it looks i like trying them out i love trying out these trinkets and gadgets and seeing how they work but none of them go in my bug out bag none of them go in my truck uh and and things like that so but they are sort of fun and they are cool some of like i I don't know if you guys have seen the ontario Spax tool which is like a hatchet uh, it opens up fire, ex- uh, not fire extinguishers, fire hydrants. It's, it's got a Silcott key on it. It's, it's kind of a cool tool an all in one, uh, little survival tool. And I think there's others other than the Ontario specs tool now, a, a lot of different kinds, I'm sure. But, uh, what did you say here, Jammer? It's funny. I gotta, I gotta put these up before I can read them. <laughs> Uh, better than a hundred pounds for those that are trying to get a hundred percent. I don't know if I jumped into a conversation or or <laughs> what I did there. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, this is a good comment too, James. Uh, check out the salvage stores. Yeah, but first uh, the uh, thrift stores and things like that. Even even dollar stores, they got some stuff there. I'm not a huge fan of the dollar store, but I did actually go get some canned foods and and check some things out there, and it, it's it's feasible. I just don't know that I'd be going to the dollar store, but thrift stores and first-hand store or, or second-hand stores, those are are fantastic as well. And it it may be something that you go there and you can't find a damn thing, and sometimes you go there and you find some really cool stuff, like a Coleman grill or a tent or you know even just utensils that you can throw in a bin and use them for SHTF type situation. Uh, but yeah, those are those are awesome as well. Um, all right. Uh, oh good jammer's talking about air pressure and tires that's what i yeah see this is <laughs> I, when i go back and read these comments it's all going to make sense to me but when i'm trying to talk and read and think all at the same time uh, uh it just doesn't work it doesn't work denise one more here and then i'm going to get out of here but she said yard sales yeah yard sales is the same type of situation yeah we don't need a, a lot of the things like there's some things you don't want to skimp on like a water filter, you probably want a brand new, you know, it's not used or abused water filter, Uh, then knives, maybe the same type of situation. But even at yard sales, if you are, if you know what you're looking for, for as far as knives and tools and things like that, you know what the quality ones are and what aren't, uh, you could find some really good deals in the group. uh, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, Alpha or somebody, a couple people have posted that (laughs) <laughs> scott said focus bro <laughs> yeah i know uh in the group though uh, a couple of people have and maybe it was scott that found the solar panels was that you scott uh, got a whole bunch of solar panels for really cheap uh, Alpha Tango uh, got has gotten a few things, really cheap. So you can find really good deals that'll help in your preparedness. You've just got to look. It's not all, you know, you've got to buy this on Amazon and that on Amazon and max out your credit cards and all this and that and do it all in the next week. It's, it's things you can do over the course of time. And if you're somebody like me that just doesn't like the people, basically. I don't like people very much. And going to yard sales and going to different stores and things like that gives me anxiety. Uh, If you're you're going for that type of purpose and you see those cool types of things, it makes it a little bit easier. Like I said, the Army Surplus store, if I'm going to look and I'm going to find one out here and go check it out, that is sort of that store you just walk in and you'd be like, all right, this is sweet. (laughs) I can hang out here. And on top of that, Uh, with the army surplus stores and i don't know if if archangel brought this up earlier but the type of people you would meet in an army surplus store would probably be that type of person that would sort of have the same type of mindset as you you're probably not going to find many blue hairs or man buns in an army surplus store so uh, that could be good You know it depends on how often you go and and how easily you start friendships and things like that but that could be something as well the shooting range another another place where you could you know if you go to the same shooting range at the same time and all that another place where you could meet those those people and sort of have that that community of people that maybe they're not preppers but they're a really good shot and there's somebody that uh you know sees that uh, the country is going by the wayside and and rather rapidly uh, you know, that might be somebody you do want to have in your address book. So uh, uh, to Scott and Jammer said in here, all the camping crap on the clearance uh, right now, all the camping crap is on clearance right now at Walmart. Yeah, it's a good point. Now, there are some when you say crap, that is very true. There are some things at Walmart that are absolute crap. Some of that Ozark Trail stuff uh, is... You know, maybe it's it's good to have, but it's not something I would want to. <laughs> I would want to depend on, yeah, man buns. <laughs> and then uh, Jammer also said, uh, Clearance aisle at Walmart, twelve by uh, seven seven point five amp hour battery for six fifty the other day. Wow, seven and and that's not a, a seven point five amp hour is not uh, huge, but I'll tell you what, when you're talking about one amp hour is a thousand milliamp hours and a lot of these little battery packs are a thousand two thousand milliamp hours uh you know you're talking about 70 70 whatever the math is on that uh 70 000 milliamp hours so that's a, a pretty damn goal cool. for six for 650 is that what you said 650 how many of those did you buy because i'd have bought a few of those <laughs> uh archangel right here said uh, getting to know your local uh, veterans is a is a hell of a great idea yeah absolutely one just the stories you'll get and the knowledge you'll get and the reverence that you'll get from them but at the same time they're the the knowledge that they can pass on about situations that we talk about and we sort of fantasize about all the time and they've actually lived through situations like that anytime i have an opportunity to talk to a vet i used to do the show with brian who's a ranger and and picking his brain about things it gives you a different perspective on the real life situations and the things that we talk about and and sort of hypothesize about all the time it really gives you that good perspective on things so yeah very good comment um, all right, I am going to get out of here today. We we are over an hour here now. Like I said in the beginning, uh, if I'm going to try, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to put anything in stone yet. But I'm going to try to do live streams like this where I play a video or maybe I do two videos a week uh, before they come out, before I publish them on YouTube. I'm going to play them first here in the live stream. That way you don't have to watch the video and then I do the live stream and you got to sit through the video again. Uh, and you just get first you get that sneak peek of it as well and then i'm going to turn these into a podcast so if you ever do miss the video or you just don't have time to watch the video i know a lot of people just listen to the podcast Uh, a day or two later i will turn this into an audio podcast and then uh, do the show notes over at survivalsprepper.net which will have all the links and and the video and the podcast and all that good stuff over there so uh, with that uh Denise said, thanks. Good show. Thank you, Denise. Appreciate you joining in. Uh, Jammer, uh, good show. Thanks, Dale. Anvids, good show, Anvids. Scott, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Scott Archangel, everybody else. I, I There's too many people in here tonight for me to name everybody, but I appreciate you all. Anybody, James, uh, anybody that I pulled up your comments and all that, and, and, and even those of you that I didn't, I, I, I apologize about that, but uh, I appreciate you all joining in tonight. I don't know, one last thing before I get out of here, I don't know that it's going to be Friday nights, and I don't know that it's not going to be Friday nights. My plan is to try to do it like Monday or Tuesday at 6 o'clock at night, but that may change. Friday nights may be just the night but it will be at six o'clock at night, so you can, uh, you can plan on that. Scrapper, yeah, yeah, thank you for joining in tonight. Tiger, you too, thank you for joining in tonight. Uh, but with that, everyone, I am out of here tonight, so take care and prepare, and we will see you next time.